Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Justice Sobriety, where we talk, share, and spill the tea soberly and anonymously. So today I wanted to go over something that I've mentioned in multiple episodes. I have borderline personality disorder, and it affects a lot of areas in my life, if not all of them, in different ways, even if it's just subtle things. So I thought we could have an informational and educational educational episode just so we can clear up any like questions you may have or anything that just may not have made sense before um I know I've mentioned that I've had it before I don't remember how thorough I was in explaining it so right now I am on this website the National Institute of Mental Health so if I had my DSM-5 with me, I would go over that too, but I don't have it at work. So I'm, I'm during my, I'm taking my break. So anyways, um, borderline personality disorder. I got diagnosed earlier this, earlier last year, like midsummer. And it's really funny because when I was a kid, I was taking these personality quizzes as as kids do, just trying to see how accurate things could be. And I took one about, like, you know, mental health disorders. And I, I, my, um, my results were that I could have BPD. And my, my stepmom, she was just like, oh, I don't know. But oh, after speaking with her, she was like, yeah, that was just wishful thinking. <laughs> But anyways, so an overview, borderline personality disorder is an illness marked by an ongoing pattern of varying mood, self-image, and behavior. These symptoms often result in impulsive actions and problems in relationships. People with borderline personality disorder may experience intense episodes of anger, depression, and anxiety that can last from, from a few hours to a few days. And I experience all of that, especially the intense anger, depression, and anxiety. It's like, in those moments, my whole world is just crashing down around me. And I feel I have no control of anything. And it's just, it's terrible. It's so intense. And I just feel like all I can do is react when, in reality, there's ways to cope. But we're not there yet. So... So some signs and symptoms. People with borderline personality disorder may experience mood swings and display uncertainty about how they see themselves and their role in the world. As a result, their interests and values can change quickly. This happened and I didn't even realize it. I changed my career path at least five times within a matter of a few years. And because first I thought I wanted to go in the military and then I thought I wanted to be a chef and then I thought I wanted to have my own restaurant and then I thought I wanted to have a bakery and then I thought I wanted to be a recreational therapist and now I'm going to school well then I went to school for business thinking you know I'd have a bakery still in that hope and then I lost interest and now I'm going to school for substance abuse counseling and I'm absolutely in love I've never felt this motivated before in my life and I'm hoping this isn't just one of those highs but 
all we can do is just wait and see and hope that regardless, even if it is, I make the best out of it because I'm already almost halfway through this program. So <laughs> yeah, this is so, so accurate. Um, more, more reading. People with borderline personality disorder also tend to view things in extremes such as all good or all bad. We call this all or nothing thinking, black and white thinking, also known as splitting. And that was just a side note. Um, okay, so their opinions of other people can also change quickly. An individual who is seen as a friend one day may be considered an enemy or a traitor the next. These shifting feelings can lead to intense and unstable relationships. This is so, so true because, like, if I think someone's lying to me or if I just feel like they don't care about me anymore, then my entire view of this person, like, my idealization of this person changes, and it can fluctuate back and forth, and it's really confusing. So it's just like, how do I really feel about this person? And it's usually just because I feel like maybe they don't love me enough or maybe they're going to leave and I just have to protect myself anyways before, you know, like protect myself so I don't get as hurt as I could if I just let them stay in my life until they supposedly were going to leave. It's really crazy things like that, but I, my brain just goes that far. Um, if I think I'm going to get hurt, I'll hurt them or I'll just cut them off or just think little to nothing about them. It's really sad, but it's the truth sometimes. So other signs or symptoms may include efforts to, av- efforts to avoid real or imagined abandonment, like I just spoke about, such as rapidly initiating intimate physical or emotional relationships, or cutting off communication with someone in anticipation of being abandoned. I cannot stand the feeling of abandonment. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but when I was a kid, um, my parents got a divorce, and my mom left in the middle of the night, and it fucks me up very badly for many years and now I'm no longer acting like a victim but I still have these lapses of judgment per se where if I feel like someone's gonna leave I get really anxious and sad and all these thoughts kind of flood back a little bit and whether or not it may be true in my head It's like I can't get that thought of they're going to leave me out of it. Um, And it makes me paranoid. And sometimes I'll destroy the relationship when really they were just having a really busy month or two or a busy week or they were just in a bad mood and I thought it was something I did wrong instead. So they were going to leave me because I wasn't, you know, enough. Um, And then it goes on to say, a pattern of intense and unstable relationships with family, friends, and loved ones, often swinging from extreme closeness and love idealization to extreme dislike or anger, which is devaluation, which I just discussed. Um, 
a distorted and unstable self-image or sense of self, impulsive and often dangerous behaviors, which I've, I have participated in all of these, um, spinning sprees, unsafe sex, substance abuse, reckless driving, binge eating, um, self-harming behaviors such as cutting, recurring thoughts of suicidal behaviors or threats. Um, I can't tell you how long I would stare at my guns and just hope that one day I'd be brave enough to use one of them. Like, and even in really early recovery, I was doing that because I just felt like things weren't getting better. And I just didn't think there was another solution because I was told there was a solution, but it didn't feel like it for a while. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Next, other symptoms include intense and highly changeable moods with each episode lasting from a few hours to a few days, chronic feelings of emptiness. I felt like there is always this internal void that I'd fill ex- with so many external things, but it just... It could never stay full, no matter what I did. And I just felt so empty because of that. Like, I just always wanted more and more and more of anything that made me feel good, which explains, you know, my drinking and my binge eating and, like, the sex addiction and things like that. Like, it's, it's all because of, you know, the chronic feelings of emptiness. There's inappropriate, intense anger or problems controlling anger. Something as simple as my dog pissing on the floor makes me have a meltdown sometimes. When really all I have to do is just take them outside and clean it up. No. Like, I have a fucking meltdown. And it's ridiculous. (laughs) Some days I can handle it better than others, but it's not always the case. Or I'll just, I'll completely shut down and go in the room and my poor fiance has to clean it up. <laughs> it's 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 annoying. Um also feelings of disso- disassociation such as feeling cut off from oneself, seeing oneself from outside one's body or feelings of unreality. Um I space out a lot. Like I'm just in my own fucking world and I don't know if that's really the same thing, but there's that. Um So not everyone, this is very important, not everyone with BPD experiences every symptom. Some individuals experience only a few symptoms, while others have many. Symptoms can be triggered by seemingly ordinary events. For example, people with BPD may become angry and distressed over minor separations from people to whom they feel close, such as traveling on business trips. The severity and frequency of symptoms and how long they last will vary depending on the individual and their illness. So, for example, the the separation of those being close. When I was a kid, up until, like, teens, if I knew, like, if I was visiting family and I knew I wouldn't see them for a long time, when I had to, like, hug them and tell them bye and leave, or if they were leaving... I'd pretty much have a panic attack and I wouldn't be able to stop crying and I wouldn't want to let them go because in my mind it's like, although I know I'm going to see them, it feels like I'm never going to see them again. And it's just really, it's really sad. 
And I haven't had that happen too often anymore. But I have, like, guarded myself a lot more. And I just don't visit people as much. So I don't know how often that would really happen. Um, I did pretty good with it with my mom leaving this past time when she visited. I didn't cry or anything. So that was progress. Especially when, you know, I feel like some of the root of my abandonment issues, like, stems with her. And I'm not saying this to be rude, but it's the truth. It's part of my story. So, anyways, um, moving on. Some risk factors. Although there isn't a clear cause of borderline personality disorder, um, research suggests that genetics, brain structure and function, and environmental, cultural, and and social factors play a role or may increase the risk for developing borderline personality disorder. So, for example, with family history, if people who have close family members such as a parent or sibling with a disorder, they are going to be at higher risk for developing it themselves. Brain factors. Studies show that people with borderline personality disorder can have structural and functional changes in the brain, especially in the areas that control impulses and emotional regulation. But it's not clear whether these changes are a risk for the disorder or caused by the disorder. So, yeah, there's, there's still going. There's still studies. <laughs> and then for the environmental, cultural, and social factors... Many people with BPD report experiencing traumatic life events such as abuse, abandonment, or or adversity during childhood. Others may have been exposed to unstable and validating relationships and hostile conflicts. Although these factors may increase a person's risk, it does not mean that this person will develop BPD. So I just want to say that I don't think it's just the abandonment that caused it for me. There's also other unstable relationships at a young age and things like that that probably had a, a contributing force to it. But I'm not I'm not trying to blame anyone or anything. It it could just be genetic too. I don't know anyone in my family that has it, but I do have addiction in my family. So some of it could just be undiagnosed. I don't know. But a lot of people with addiction tend to have BPD as well. So, And don't, don't quote me on that. I don't have a source for that, but I've heard it many times. But there's hope. There's treatments and therapies. There's um, different treatments for it. So there's, um, what's it called? DP, I can't speak. DBT, which is Dialectical Behavior Therapy. And it's a therapy that was developed for individuals with borderline personality disorder. DBT uses concepts of mindfulness and acceptance or being aware of and and attentive to the current situation and emotional state. It teaches skills that can help control intense emotions, reduce self-destructive behaviors, and improve relationships. And this is something I started a little bit and I'm still working on. Um... I'm not an expert in it yet. I still have some some learning to do and more practice to do. Um, I've done a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy because I have countless therapists, and that's usually their main focus. 
So um, I don't really, as a patient, I feel like I'm a bad patient. Like when I get assignments, I don't like doing them. But I've I've done CBT and more hope. I also take medications for the mood swings, depression, as well as my anxiety, ADHD, things like that. So anyways, there's, and if you're a family or caregiver of anyone who has BPD, just all you can do is offer emotional support, be understanding and patience. Patience is huge because it's, we don't choose to feel these things or act the way we do. We don't even realize that it it's just a response. It's like a natural response half the time. And I can only speak for myself. I don't intend to hurt anyone. But sometimes it happens with my responses to what I think is going to be abandonment. And I can be a bit harsh sometimes. I will cut people off if I think they're going to hurt me. So just be patient. Um, You can learn about the disorders, which is also why I'm doing this specific podcast episode. I know I usually do mostly recovery-based, but this is part of my story. This is part of what I'm trying to recover from and learn from. So it has a huge part of my, has a huge part or play into my drinking years, which is why I think it's so important for me to cover because alcohol is but a symptom of everything else that's wrong in our head that needs help. So this BPD, even before it was diagnosed in me, it's played a critical role throughout my life. So I'm so glad I know what it is. So now I can get help and I have the resources to get better. So just know that it may be difficult having it or loving someone who has it, but there's hope out there. There's help and it can get better. So thank you so much again for listening. Um, I know this wasn't like a normal episode, but I feel like it was really important to cover So I love you all. I hope you have a wonderful week. And yeah, let me know if you want to hear something different. So just a moment of silence for those who are suffering in and out of the rooms. Right? And the serenity prayer. So... God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I love you all, and we'll talk soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to Justice Sobriety.